This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. You are listening to O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio 107.3 FM in Birmingham 97.5, Tuscaloosa, BMMountainRadio.com, and the free VMR app no matter where you are. I'm Will Lockamy. He is Reed Lockamy. Of course, this is one of our favorite segments we do every single month. Dr. Mark Westfall. Of course, it's a podcast as well, and you should check that out. I, I just recently discovered, because I don't like the sound of my own voice, so I don't go back and listen really? to the podcast. It's called Let's Think On It, right? right. You can find it on iTunes. And so the other day, somebody just happened to ask, hey, I, I want to catch that last podcast. Is it up yet? And I said, I don't know. Let me check. And that's when I learned that you're doing all of these segments outside of O Brother, which is fantastic. So now I've had these reasons to go back and, and start checking out and subscribe yeah, to the yeah. podcast. Yeah, I've started doing some from the office with some other co-thinkers. And it's just kind of augmenting what we're doing here. I, I kind of will stay on the topic and then bring other guests in. And it, it's really fun. And Dr. Westfall, since you are a psychiatrist, at some point, I think we ought to take a few minutes to consider why Will, who just admitted he doesn't like his own voice, has chosen a career in radio. I think that's a whole <laughs> other... Yeah. I also don't, don't like my face, which makes the TV stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll dedicate a whole hour to that we'll some other that. time. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to continue what we started last month, which I don't know how many segments we're going to do on this, but we could do a million. We could. And so tell everybody kind of what we've been talking about and where we're going with it. So, you know, last month we talked about, uh, it was brain bias, princess, race relations in princess. So, you know, I like to take a subject and then kind of go it, go more in depth on it. And we're talking about diversity and uh, living in a world of diversity. And essentially, uh, there's a lot going on currently now with with race relations. There always is a lot going on with race relations, but it's actually in the you know in the forefront of the media as well. And so I thought, you know, let's just talk about it. Let's let's look at human behavior. You know, I like to take a human behavior aspect of everything we talk about and bring it down to kind of understanding a little bit scientifically about why we're in the situation we're in because I think that helps us learn how to navigate the situation we're in. And so last month we talked about um, uh, brain bias and we talked about some tests that we all took to to see how we have some automatic biases that are innate to being human. To and see I'll, just how racist we are. Exactly. Turned I'll, out we were very racist. I'll remind everyone that I came back zero racist. Will somehow <laughs> cheated on the test. <laughs> So we got that from Verne Myers, who's an awesome race relations uh, expert, and um, she, we got it from the YouTube and, and took the test, and uh, I think it was really uh, edifying for me. And so, um, so I started thinking about, okay, well, where do I want to go next with this? And I thought, you know, I want to get some people who have some experience in dealing with race relations. And so with all this going on with, with the uh, police forces and race relations, I thought, you know, let's see if we can get somebody from the police force. Well... I am ecstatic, honestly, to say and honored that we have uh, Police Chief A.C. Roper from Birmingham Police Department joining us today to talk about his view of what's going on with race relations, and we just want to have a conversation. I'm so glad you got the chief because specifically not only of obviously is he the, the top level that we could possibly have gotten, but also every time there's a situation around the country, I always think, how is Chief Roper talking to the force about this? How is he handling this with right. the force? And also, very interesting that Chief Roper was, before he was in Birmingham, was the assistant chief in Hoover, because I feel like that's maybe a 
bit of a different dynamic. So I want to talk about those two things. I as agree. Well. And Dr. So, Westfall, con- you know, congratulations to you for getting such a big guest. I understand next month you're going to try to get President Obama, I'm which working I'm on real it. excited I'm about as well. It. So that's you've done a good thing here. <laughs> At this point, I'm not going to doubt you. Anytime you say I'm going to try to get somebody, you're going to send the president an email. I was and see persistent. What he says. Okay. But actually, you know, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I mean, it was a, it was an immediate yes. Uh-huh. Really, I, you have to actually applaud uh, Chief Roper for being willing to come on and discuss these things openly. So, and Chief, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having us. I'm honored to be a part of this and uh, looking forward to the discussion. Excellent. Um, yeah. So, I'd like to start off honestly with a little bit about you as a person. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Kind of like just a little background about who you are because I think that helps put context to what you have to deal with every day. Well, uh, I'm a native of Birmingham. I uh, was born and raised right here in the city. My grandmother raised five of us, and uh, we come from what they would normally call the wrong side of the tracks, but uh, she was a strong disciplinarian and made sure we stayed on the right path. But at some point in my life, I've lived in every precinct, every police precinct in Birmingham, north, south, east, and west, so I'm very familiar uh, with the neighborhoods and the streets and the communities and all of that. Uh, product of the Birmingham school system, uh, started college uh, at UAB, but started my policing career with the Montgomery Police Department. Uh, worked patrol, became a, a, an academy instructor, working full-time at the academy, but wanted to get back home because my wife was here in Birmingham, and I was driving up and down 65 way wow. too much. And so Hoover gave us an opportunity, so I got hired by the Hoover Police Department, started back over at the bottom. And uh, was blessed and worked my way up to the top and uh, became the assistant chief of police, the number two person running the, the department. And then in 2007, Birmingham offered me an opportunity to return back to the city where I was born and become chief of police here. Now, did you have to think about that a little bit? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And uh, my wife and I had many conversations with a lot of prayer. And uh, at the end, because the initial response was like, really? Uh, for all types of reasons. I was two years away from retirement and those kinds of things. and But uh, we felt like this is what we were called to do and, and we were supposed to come back. Wow. I'd be curious to know, you know, because for, for obviously a lot of reasons, there would be, you know, reason there to pause because it's a huge honor to be the chief of police, clearly in such a, a city such as large or as large as Birmingham. What other kinds of things gave you pause, though, apart from retirement and, and all of that? Well, you know, Birmingham is, is, is a different city uh, with some unique challenges. And you know, when I'm talking to my family about it, my, my, my two daughters, I have two daughters, and they both are like, okay, well, do we have to change schools right now? I said, no, you don't have to change right now, and we can work through all that. I uh, talked to my pastor, and, and he shared some words of wisdom. There were a lot of people saying, take it, take it, take it, do it, do it, do it. And uh but at the end of the day, I needed to feel comfortable with it. And I remember having a conversation with, with Mayor Langford, who said, uh, I said, I need to really pray about this. And he said, you don't need to pray. I've already prayed. <laughs> and uh, you, know, you have to know Mayor Langford to know that would be the response he would give. And, uh, but at the end of the day, we felt totally at ease that this is what we were supposed to do. And uh, November 26, 2007, we, we walked into the office there, and we've never looked back. Wow, so that's nine and, years. Uh, coming up on nine years. Yeah. And uh, I can say that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. 
That's if there awesome. has ever been a guy who could talk you into anything, Langford is that guy. <laughs> I mean, talk about a fellow who had some of the zaniest ideas, but darn it, when he would talk about it, I would say, yep, I'll sign up for that. He was he was a character. He's a very persuasive fellow. Very persuasive. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but I knew, and I had to shut myself away from him for a while just to say, you know what, <laughs> I, I need to just get silent myself and yeah. just really think and pray this through. And it's worked out. It, it's been an amazing journey. Uh, we've done some things very well. There are some things we really need to do. Uh, as I tell people, the to-do list does not get shorter. And and especially in these current times, the right. to-do list is even longer than it's ever been. But uh, we have some amazing men and women that are working in that organization. And and the, the, the size of it and the scope of it, uh, people don't realize that it's not just a police department, but there's a business side. When you have almost 1,200 employees working 1200. in one organization, that's so you have all this CEO type stuff right. that has to occur also staffing and planning and budgeting and strategic plans and mission statements yeah. and all those types of things that goes with it. It's a it's a major job. I mean, yes, it is. It is. It's up there with President Obama. Yes, <laughs> I mean of course you know being the chief of police in a large city already. I mean that is that is a huge job. But I think especially Birmingham because of the history of Birmingham and because I think Birmingham a lot of times is put under a microscope and people still, when you travel, you realize, oh, people still think this about Birmingham. They don't realize the steps that Birmingham has made, right. and how the Civil Rights Institute is here. And that's something we're really proud of. And we send people to and, and say, look at the progress that's been made. But th- people don't see that a lot of times outside of the state, Until especially. Right. Yeah. So I, I think it's a, it's gotta be a huge job just because of that, all right. that innate pressure. Right. Uh, yes, it is, because as I was sharing with some police chiefs last week, in Birmingham, we have statues and monuments to police brutality. Yeah, that's right. a good when point. When you really think about that. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing that we have monuments that are dedicated to how brutal our police department was. And when Dr. King said in 1963 that Birmingham is the most racist city in America, well, the Birmingham Police Department was the arms and legs. Right. that most racist government and and we've come a long way since then but there are some people in the city who still remember uh, there are some older people that we've encountered who who when they see a police officer or a car they have flashbacks to you know what they endured and uh, convincing people that we're a different organization uh, can be challenging at times but uh, we're making progress well you know that that to me kind of touches base on something we've covered before I want to just touch base we, we talk a lot about um, from a social a psychology standpoint about group dynamics and so essentially what I'm hearing you describe is that you know there was this group of the police and even though the makeup of that group has changed the outsiders view of the group there's a delay before people really see the change and so because groups tend to perpetuate the same image we talked about that with football teams you know the winners keep winning the losers keep losing you, you tend to perpetuate that same image even when you're not trying to the, that's a, that's a, the nature of a group dynamic is a group tends to stay the same so when you've made such dramatic changes in a group yet people still feel some of the past um patterns that they impose those on you really even though they're not there anymore um that's a, that's an example of group dynamics perpetuating and so it takes it takes a while to change those dynamics Let's, let's take a quick break. 
And then we come back more with Chief Roper. Uh, so many questions. Again, I can't wait to find out how the discussion goes between the chief and the police department when these national situations happen. Yeah. Uh, a few more segments to hang out with Chief Roper. We're back after this. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers. 